For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Okay, Washington man. offers a block. The blitz comes from the other side to Quell Jackson. And now again to Quell Jackson. You're listening to Believe in Colts with co-hosts Lawrence Owen and DeQuell Jackson bringing you the latest and greatest about the shoe. Brady, middle, intercepted by DeQuell Jackson. Perfect. Ryan intercepted, picked off at the five, touchdown to Quell Jackson. What's going on, Colts Nation? My apologies. DeQuell and I were just sitting here, just chatting <laughs> up a storm, and I looked over and I was like, oh, crap, it's 10 after. We're late. <laughs> <laughs> but I am back again. Uh, we're here live here on YouTube. Thank you, everybody who's watching. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is DeQuell Jackson. DeQuell, how's your week been, man? It's been pretty good. I, I was able to record a, an episode on my, my personal podcast, Athletes Unplugged. Uh, we had a, a, a some interruptions, Wi-Fi interruptions, but uh, we got through it. Uh, but the week has been pretty good for the most part. Looking forward to this weekend's games and all that's going on in the sports world right now that I'm everyone's been paying highly attention to. We have retirements. We have guys getting jobs. There's a lot going on in the NFL right now. And a lot is going to happen here in the near future, the next few weeks and a few days. Absolutely. Especially, you know, with the Colts, we've already got two movement, two, two pieces of movement going on uh, in the coaching staff, which we are going to be getting into here pretty soon that's the whole reason why we started this and it's amazing that you know on monday i made this thing i was we're going to talk about coaches and then one day one guy gets fired the next day he gets hired <laughs> by you know a, a head coach but guys the nfl season is not over and no. if you want to make some money bet online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year, new updated desktop and mobile website. To sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available this year. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Now we can actually yeah. get into it. <laughs> let, let, let's do it. <laughs> we talk about first move by the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. The very we knew something was going to happen, right? Right after right. after Frank Wright's presser, after what? Um, uh, Chris Ballard's presser and then Jim Ursay's tweets going out there talking. We knew there was going to be some movement, some mm-hmm. big movement on the Colts. And the very first thing that happened was the defensive line coach got terminated. And it's funny that happened because the day before he got terminated, was I not on here, right here, yeah. on Believe in Colts, stating <laughs> there's two guys that I want gone. And the first <laughs> one was Brian Baker. Yeah. And gone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he took a lot of, fl- listen, when you have a D line, when you invest that type of money into your D line from a, from an organizational standpoint, what you want in return are results and production. And I'm not saying those guys weren't pro- productive, but when it mattered the most, they felt like it was best for the organization to move forward. Um, with Brian Baker and Brian Baker, I've been on, I've been in buildings with Brian Baker when I was in Cleveland. It feels like everyone has at some point had a stop in Cleveland, but uh, I thought he was a, a fine coach. Uh, again, I didn't deal with him on a day-to-day basis, but you called it. You were exactly right. 
the D-line coach had to go because you weren't maximizing these guys' potential, and it showed And the most critical point in the season when the defense that was supposed to be, you know, where you invested a lot of money into didn't really show up in those big time moments and big time games for you. So you had to make a move from a from a a coaching standpoint. And we all knew, like you said. There was changes that was going to be made and it wasn't going to be the head coach. There was going to be. The infrastructure of the team and Brian Baker is the first to uh, the first casualty that uh, we're hearing of and. You know, I'm sure he'll land on his feet someplace else, but you have to get a guy in that can come in, replace him, build a rapport very quickly and get the most out of these guys. Absolutely. And you know what? I am going to get into someone who I think could take that place later on because it has a lot to do with our new defensive coordinator vacancy. Right. Mm. We no longer have Matt Eberflus as our defensive coordinator. It was announced earlier today that he was hired as the new Chicago Bears head coach. So from from my standpoint, sitting back, congratulations, Matt Eberflus. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's been long awaited. You had interviews last year. Didn't quite get the job this year. You had interviews again. And finally, you land yourself a head coaching job. I wish you nothing but the best uh, from here out moving forward. Yeah, he had to. This was the time for him to move because no one, the way they lost the game. You, If you had an opportunity, granted, his body of work spoke for itself, right? Or else he wouldn't have had an opportunity to be the new head coach of the Chicago Bears. But the way he went out wasn't indicative of how he was able to, and him and Chris Ballard were able to formulate this this fast turnover machine on defense. So this was his moment to leave. Obviously, he had some some opportunities the year before, but uh, you know, I've again I've been with this coach once before in Cleveland when he had his first NFL job in Cleveland. I was with him, and he was a guy that basically had no idea how the football operations perform. He had no idea about the NFL. And he learned, I saw this guy just go from being a a guy that was basically learning from one of the veterans in our room, a guy named Eric Barton, who was at that point, he was in year 10 or plus or something in that case. But he was he was smart enough and mature enough to know you know what? He doesn't know every single thing. And he leaned a lot on the veterans in that room. So it was indicative of how he was able to build rapport with his teammates. And I think that's one of the reasons he was able to be in position to get a job like this because of his, you know, teaching ability one and the fact that he can relate to the players. Absolutely. And, you know, he, you said it earlier, Matt Eberflus took a lot of flack by Colts fans uh, mm-hmm. uh, this past year because of his zone defense, the soft zone defense, the fact that, right. you know, we'd walk into halftime with double digit, triple digit lead or not triple right. digits, but, but triple yeah, score yeah. leads plus, mm-hmm. and then end up losing in the second half and or overtime. Uh, I right. think four times that happened this year. Yeah. And yeah. but the majority of those happened at the beginning of the year, like the first mm-hmm. half of the year, the second half of the year, what they're not seeing is from what I saw, you know, going over the film after the fact was his play calling visibly changed from mm-hmm. about week 10 on for the Indianapolis Colts. He was no, you wasn't seeing that soft zone umbrella coverage when they had leads. They were, they were out there playing man physical ball, or they were playing zone against certain, you know, quarterbacks, like let's say Kyler Murray, but they weren't backed way off. Like what you would normally see, you know, uh, when, when they have a lead or something. And I I noticed that. And that's the one thing that kind of upset me because I was like, I saw him grow as a play caller this year. Yeah. I would I would not have been upset to see what he could have done next year, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward with that growth and possibly growing even more. But, you know, it is what it is. And, um, you know, this is an opportunity for somebody else to come in to this Colts organization now and try to write some of the things like what mm-hmm. we were talking about with the defensive line, the quarterback pressures and things of that nature, uh, right. possibly to to uh, 
emphasize that ability, you know, because we have talent on defense. We have talent mm-hmm. in all three levels of our defense. We right. just need to be able to maximize that, right? Right. I think that's very important. And to your point, the good coaches, it's hard to really keep really ascending coaches on your staff for more than three or four years before they move on to something they think is a better situation or what have you. But I do think the piece you said about flus adapting, that's a great trait because a lot of coaches don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. They say, you know what? This is my system. We're going to run it. I've run it for 10, 15 years. I stand by it. I'm not going to change it. But we we visibly saw him change the way he was calling. And it had a lot to do with injuries or what have you. But we saw that change from a defensive standpoint. The other point I want to make is Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard and Frank Wright have a really tough job to do moving forward because you have to ask yourself this question, Lawrence. As a defense, do I invest in my play? Do I find a coordinator who fits the guys that we've invested in? Or do we go get a guy who runs a completely different defensive scheme than what Flusa had run previously with the successes he had on and off. So that's the question that I'm going to, and the the moves I'm going to be paying attention to in terms of who they bring in. Do you bring in a, I feel like Flus was a guy who obviously these guys are used to playing zone coverage, uh, uh, a zone match coverage and what have you. But do you bring in the guy that are able to your point to maximize the guys that we have on those three levels that can maximize their potential because we've invested in them. We've invested in mm-hmm. Darius Leonard, uh, DeForest Buckner. You know, we've invested in guys. And if you're running the or- organization properly, and if you want the best output for your team from a defensive standpoint, you have to mm-hmm. go out and find someone that loves the linebacker who is, I wouldn't say undersized anymore because the game has changed a fast sideline to sideline guy who is, a difference maker when it, when it, in terms of, you know, uh, changing the math and, and, and creating turnovers. So that's going to be the, the, the big question moving forward. Who's out there. You know, we, we, we have seven teams or yeah, seven teams right now who, you know, have coaching vacancies and it's going to be interesting to see what defensive coordinators are available. We've already seen, you know, a guy like uh, Gus Bradley, who's come out and said he's going to stay with and stay put with the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that's great for them and their, their personnel, but it's going to be interesting to see what moves are made next to, to um, take this defense to the next level. Absolutely. Guys, if you're watching this live on YouTube, please smash that like button. Uh, It helps with our analytics. It lets YouTube know that you guys enjoy what we're watching and, you know, uh, it will bring this video out to others so that more people can watch it. And if you're listening uh, on the Believe Network or anywhere else that you listen, such as, you know, iTunes or or iHeart or Spotify, Stitcher, whatever, make sure you download it and also check us out uh, over on YouTube. Got an interesting little statement here by uh, my boy Brandon Wood in the chat. He says, Darius Butler, Antoine Bethay, they were saying that they'd like to see Vic Fangio come in as our new DC. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a a great – because he's an attack style guy. And Mm -hmm. he's – everyone he's ever – every place, every stop he's ever been, he's had a pass rusher. He's had guys, and he's proven – the ability to to uplift the defense and and get the best out of them. And I think he's an old school. He's got one of those old school souls that where he's not an up and coming any when he steps into the room, he gets instant credibility. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm an old guy, but the young guys know when he steps into a room, he commands he commands a certain level of attention, a certain level of of respect, and I think it'll be a great hire. I think that's a really good uh a really good quality hire that can maximize these guys on these three levels that we mentioned. Uh, I don't have a problem with that at all. I have a personal opinion, uh, a stake mm-hmm. in the matter, not necessarily with, with Vic Pangio, because like you mm-hmm. said, you know, he's, he's an established guy. I'm looking at somebody on the complete opposite end, someone 
who just got into being just a defensive lines coach not that long ago, three, four years okay. ago for the NFL, right? Okay. Uh, played a lot of college, has been moving up through uh, coaching ranks very, very fast. And I, I, when I see that, it makes me think he must be doing something good. He's only 43 years old, uh, so he's still learning and adapting. But also, what he has done in 2018 with the Miami Dolphins pass uh, rush I knew was you were, absolutely I knew you were going studly. There. And then yeah. the last two years yeah. for the San Francisco 49ers, all right, okay. uh, was a defensive line coach. I'm not mm-hmm. going with who you were thinking of. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Cause I had a rebuttal. I was like, uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not going there because I think okay. who you're talking about will most yeah. likely become a head coach. A head coach. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm looking at Chris Kosarek, the defensive line coach of the San Francisco 49ers has been there the last two years. All right. And what he's done there. And uh, I mean, what you, what you see from what he, his players, you see him bring intensity. He gets pressures. He gets sacks. He gets the most out of his talent that he yeah. has available. And so did he do that back when he was with the Dolphins. Remember, though, three years back, that Miami Dolphins defense was considered top five in the NFL. He leaves, and then people are like, what happened, right? You, yeah. I'm looking at this guy going, get him while the iron is hot. You That's pulled him point. out of a you you mm-hmm. dug deep with this one. I want to know where where's this personal connect? How did you land on on Chris uh, Kucherik? Kucherik. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen. If you just followed the 49ers for a split second, you understand the strength of that team is from that D line standpoint, and they get after the passer better mm-hmm. than most teams in the National Football League. And there's one reason why they're getting ready to play on championship Sunday. Uh, so I can't argue that. I don't know. I have to honestly say, I don't know much about him, but if the way he's coached these guys, that's how young coaches get their name swirling, mm-hmm. you know, and become, you know, defensive coordinators or what have you. So I, I'll, I'll, there's another name, which, well, he's not available, but it's on that staff. I, I think the 49ers do a great job and, uh, John Lynch does a great job of, oh, yeah. of finding coaches who understand ball. I actually have this football right here because I collect balls of my favorite players. This is a signed autograph ball by John Lynch. So he's one of my favorite, favorite players all time. So he's not going to let him go. <laughs> he's not <laughs> going to let that guy go. But uh, he's done. he's doing a phenomenal job over in San Fran. But uh, there's so many different vacancies out right now. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you want to touch on it, but a guy who I have to give some credit to because I played against him for eight seasons and I've only beaten him one time in my entire career. And that's Big Ben. Big Ben, he just announced his retirement. Yes, so did. I want to personally give him his flowers. And he was the ultimate competitor. He was the toughest guy to bring down. He played the quarterback position like a like a freaking you know D lineman he was hard to bring down uh he played the game hurt he played the game for his for his um for his teammates and he appreciated he showed respect to someone like myself and other guys when I was with the Browns a ton of respect so I have to throw that in there just uh kudos to a great 18 year career um he went out in the playoffs He's he's he spent more time in the playoffs than he didn't. <laughs> so um, what a what a great cap to a great career. So I had to throw that in there. Hey, you know what? I mean, yeah. uh, him, Sean Payton, you know, two mm-hmm. guys that decided, you know, this week, hey, I'm done. Uh, yeah. So, you know, good luck for the rest of your lives. Uh, I hope that it's <laughs> peaceful right. and you enjoy it uh, because yeah. we know that the NFL can really – uh, put a lot of stress in your life, right? So, uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Um, lawyers in the chat, guys, if you want to make sure that you get your question or comment uh, answered here or talked about, make sure you use the donation link right here below in the in the chat. Um, but loyalist comes in, he says, uh, DeQuil, would you agree that our uh, with our defensive line and linebacker flexibility that this 
opening for the defensive coordinator job should be a coveted opportunity? Oh, no, without a doubt. Without a doubt. This is a championship roster. We've we've always said that. It was, you know, because of this past season through to some injuries and key key positions not being available early on, this team was was had a, a uphill battle that most teams can't get themselves out of. So we've already we stated that from the very beginning. But yeah, I do think this this role will be filled fairly quickly. I don't think Chris Bauer is going to take much time. Uh, he's he's not going to string this thing out because the quicker you get a defensive coordinator, a quality defensive coordinator in the building that understands the talent pool that you're dealing with, as you mentioned, on those three levels of the defense, the quicker those guys can start absorbing the playbooks. Uh, but I do think this is, without a doubt, this is a coveted position for anyone looking to take the next step up. If you look at Iberflus with the talent that he has, you can be a great coordinator. We get all of that. You can call a great game, but you still need players to go out and make those plays to make you look good. <laughs> you know, so I think this is a this is one of those jobs where if you look at all the job openings, I think between the Dolphins, I think this is probably the best defensive um, unit with all the coaching vacancies that's out there. That's the most coveted, without a doubt. Absolutely. Uh, I, I believe so, too. I think talent-wise, we have a ton of talent on this mm -hmm. defense, a ton of talent, but it needs to be utilized. It needs to be brought out. It needs to be coached up, you know, right. and, and and that's that's what I think that this defense has been lacking. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not going against Matt Eberflus in, in that statement. I think that is more of a uh, uh, a position coach situation because I, I do believe that, you know, when you're a defensive coordinator, more on your thought of you know scheming and play calling and th the the next mm -hmm. game you know more than right. than than actually working one on one with individual players, mm -hmm. guys. Uh, now I, I I have a little bit of a worry, okay, because Matt Eberflus goes to the Bears. He's now the head coach, <laughs> so he has got obviously an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator positions that he needs to fill. Uh, he may change his defensive coordinator. I don't know. The yeah. Colts have an offensive or, or a defensive coordinator position they need to fill. Mm -hmm. There is a guy who knows and uses that scheme that Eberflus is really big on. If the Colts decide to stay with that scheme, what are the chances of James Rowe, the cornerbacks coach? Yeah. who, in my yeah. opinion, has yeah. done a phenomenal job this past year yeah. as opposed to the other position coaches of, you know, developing the talent, right? And working um, with what you have available because exactly. Xavier Rose has been – Yeah, so I, I think that's the first look Chris Ballard and Frank Wright will look at and Mr. Ursay is from within. Mm -hmm. who, knows, who knows the team well and who can – pitch themselves enough to say, you know what, I'm the guy for the job. Because I, I agree, he did a, a great job with just the, the players that he had, whether they were off the street, whether you get a guy back for a, a, a game and then they're injured and Xavier Rose couldn't say help. I mean, it was such a, a, mm -hmm. a fluid situation at the, the secondary position. And the and development I he, of Isaiah Rogers and Rocky Sin yeah. this past season was yeah. very, very good. Yeah, you had a Pro Bowl uh, – uh, Nickelback, you know, just <laughs> Kenny, you know, Moore. Kenny, Kenny Moore, you know, which I, I thought he fell off towards the end of the year. He got comfortable with that bit. Pro Bowl tag. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, he's young. He'll learn from that. So, I mean, that's always the the, the way to, to start the search is look from within, see, just to hear their pitch, see what they can bring. Because, again, if you get that job, now you have to bring in, can you, do you have a linebacker's coach? Do you have a D-line coach? Do you have um, uh, assist, another DB coach? So you have to have all of this in play. You can't just be the guy because um, I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there, but but can you formulate a great coaching staff? And the point you made about Flus in Chicago that's worrisome mm -hmm. is yeah. you got Khalil Mack and you have Robert Quinn. Robert oh, yeah. Quinn 
had about 13, 14, 15 sacks this year. He had a phenomenal year. Khalil Mack was in and out of the lineup. He, he was out of the lineup midway through the season. So what's worrisome is, and you you hit on it, will he call the defense? I don't think he should because it takes the flack that I that went watching the Dallas Cowboys, a guy that was a tenured head coach in this league, screw up the game management of it. I think he needs to stick to management of the game and you excuse me, and you go out and find someone capable of coaching a really good defense. Because this defense in Chicago, if my memory serves me correctly, was a top 10 defense on the lose with an offense that was playing with a rookie quarterback. So mm-hmm. you're walking into a really good situation. You just better not screw it up. You better have the guys to come in and uh not have a drop off from a defensive standpoint. But the other worrisome issue I have is does he have a coordinator? The problems Chicago Bears faced last year was scoring points. In September, I watched them firsthand in Cleveland get absolutely destroyed by the Cleveland Browns defense. And that offense was abysmal. It was abysmal throughout the entire year. So you better have an ace in your pocket that can run that offense and coach uh, their young rookie quarterback. So that, there's, that, there's so much that comes with being a head coach. And uh, that that's that's my initial worries when it comes to flus and the Chicago Bears. Absolutely. And you know what? I think during his um, dur- during his interviews, because he had like two or three interviews for the Bears job, I'm sure that was brought up. Hey, do you have guys, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. ready, set for your coaching staff? And I'm sure he he named off people, you know, that he's mm-hmm. already talked to. So, I mean, you, you don't go into interviews unprepared and unready. So I'm sure yeah. he does. And, and and the worry is, and I'm going to get to that worry in just a – no, actually, I'm going to yeah. do it right now. Loyalist, you just dropped some money in the tip jar. I'll get to that in just a moment. If the Colts have any inkling to make James Rowe the defensive coordinator, I think they need to uh, pull the trigger quick because him and Eberflus are very close. Oh, yeah. And Eberflus could pull James Rowe and say, you know what, you want to come be my defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears defense? Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens. It got, uh, coaches get get poached as well as players. So don't be surprised if Brian Baker ends up on the Chicago staff because they they work together once in Cleveland together. Mm-hmm. So it it all works hand in hand. And we were talking beforehand about this phone blowing up, and you know I'm not going to name any names but former coaches that I played for that I respect and they respect the way I approach the game if they've hit me up about hey can you hit Flus up can you can you give him a good word about me as a coach and you know we talked about it beforehand uh the thing about the NFL whether it be a player reaching out to a coach or a coach reaching out on the player's behalf no one's going to jeopardize their credibility because that's all you have in the National Football League. And the coaches that hit me up about certain positions and certain coaches that I've worked for, um, you know this, Lawrence, as well as anyone else. You don't reach out unless you can you can personally and professionally vouch for them. Exactly. And uh, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, this is how this game works. Now it's a lot of. A lot of former players getting a lot of text messages about potential openings because there's a lot of them right now in the National Football League. Absolutely. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and get the loyalist tip right here. He dropped $5 by using the link in the description uh, for donations. Thank you, thank you so much. He says, should we look for an established coach like Zimmer so Wright can keep the majority of his focus on the O as he has? So so I'm glad that name got brought up because I don't think he will be a good fit for the Colts. You look at the history of the Minnesota Vikings in his tenure, he likes bigger, he likes really big, bulky mm-hmm. I'm a line, linebackers, players that can run. And, and th- I feel like our personnel doesn't fit what he does best. You know, yeah. even his time in Cincinnati, he's a, he likes bigger old school type of defenses. 
that can get after you and manhandle you at the point of attack. We have a defense up up front. We're stout. But on the second level, we have speed guys. We have Mm -hmm. playmakers. We have guys that not necessarily dominate you at the point of attack on the line of scrimmage. So Zimmer, even though I do think Zimmer is a great coach, that he'll find his footing someplace on the defensive staff and one of these job openings. However, I don't think he's he necessarily fits what the Colts are looking for defensively. Deep Patel, what's up? Appreciate you joining the stream. Guys, don't forget to smash that like button and hit subscribe if you're not subscribed. Deep Patel asks, what do you all think about Wink Martindale? Wink Martindale? Yeah. Okay, school me on this. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I, I know the name. Give me a second and go. let me yeah. go look real fast, guys. Um, I know the name, but I can't put a face yeah, to it for some reason same, off the top same. of my head. Yeah, uh, it's, there's so many coaches right now. As you're looking that up, there's so many coaches. Oh, right that's right. Um, he's ex Ravens DC. Um, uh, yeah. Any anyone that's from the John Harbaugh tree, uh, I, I feel like is. You know, they've always – that's one thing you know you're going to get from a Ravens defensive staff is they play defense a certain style ever since Ray Lewis was there in, in, in his early days and leading to now. So they, they play really good football. And they have really quality coaches. Uh, I've had an experience with Chuck Pagano. I thought Chuck Pagano was a – he's masterful at encouraging guys and as a, as a great teacher as well. But – uh, I don't know. I have to say, I don't know much about him, but if he's from the the tree of the Ravens coaching staff, then you have to at least give him an eyeball chance. But I, I don't know. I have to say, honestly, this time around, I don't know much about him, to be quite honest. See, I, I remember. OK, so Wink is his uh, his uh, nickname. Uh, it's Don Martindale. And, and, and had he said Don, it would have clicked for me. Oh, OK, uh, OK, OK. So. Uh, but he, he said he used the, the the nickname Wink instead, and he was just terminated. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, he's been there forever. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was I, just terminated. Yeah, if he was, if, yeah, if he was terminated, I, I don't. Uh, hmm. That's that's tricky. That that's a tricky one. Yeah, you know <laughs> that that's that's. And I know the name. I know the face. He's been there for forever. Mm-hmm. He's been a coach in this league forever. Um, that's a that's a tricky one. <laughs> that is a that is a tricky one. I don't. I with this coaching, with for a coach to come in to take the DC job for the Colts, you need someone highly sought after. You need someone that we, in my opinion, the name that when you was talking about the Dolphins, like a Brian Flores, who I do think will mm. be a head coach. Yeah. If he doesn't get a head coach for whatever godly reason. He's a guy that yeah. I would see being a perfect fit for the Colts. And he's a perfect, you know, the identity and the the the, the style of uh, defense he's been associated with uh, from the smartness to the grit to how they play. I think he would be a good fit. However, I don't think he'll be available. No, I, I think you're right. I, I think Flores will get a head coaching job somewhere. Uh, I, I don't like the fact that the Dolphins, I thought it was a bad move. Same, uh, same. Uh, it is I, what it is, though. I mean, right, right. I don't think Tua is Tua's been so hurt to really evaluate him being the future of that franchise. And you look at how the Dolphins finished the season; they won more games than they lost to finish the season. That's a credit to coaching. That's a credit to motivating. You know, anytime a team isn't playing for much and you're still you're racking up wins, that's saying a lot about you about a coach having a pulse of the team and the way we feel about it. I'm sure a lot of guys in that locker room feel exactly the same. It's like, we let a good guy go that arguably didn't have a chance with the quarterback. You invested so much time and money into that. You didn't really get to see him materialize to what his potential possibly could be. And as a result of it, the head coach takes the, takes the fall for it. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, it's just, it's just a terrible situation. I didn't put that the Miami's uh, struggles. No, uh, another on him another at all. surprise, you know. Another surprise is the Saints. 
I mean, this came out of nowhere where I feel like Peyton or Sean Payton, Sean Payton. decided to, to retire. You know, I maybe I wasn't clued in enough, but I was like, I didn't really see that coming. But when you look at what he was dealing with, uh, Jameis Winston isn't coming back. He's an unrestricted free agent. Your quarterback situation is dicey. And he's a guy, you pluck him anywhere, he's going to instantly have an impact and have his, he's going to, you're going to see an instant upgrade from an offensive play calling standpoint. I love their quarterback in Hill, not necessarily as a starting quarterback, but I love right. him as just a football player, you know, an a asset. playmaker. Yeah. Someone mm-hmm. that just go put on the field and go, go right. get me a first down, go make a play. Dude, he can do that. He's one of my favorite all-around type guys, right? Right. Um, But at the same time, I kind of understand where Sean's coming from here and retiring. He's uh, his star players can't stay healthy, right? Right. Or or hold out, right? Right. Um, They're horribly under the cap. He doesn't have (laughs) his quarterback situation uh, settled. Uh, He's just in a bad spot, and he's just like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to win with this. Mm-hmm. So why should I even be here? You know, well, let me walk away. Can I play devil's advocate for a second? Well, coaches always preach, you know, to, to stick to the process mm-hmm. when things aren't going well. I think this, I, again, I'm not in his head. I'm just playing devil's advocate for a second. Well, that's even more of a reason to show how good of a coach you are. Bill Belichick wasn't running. You know, he he had a rookie quarterback who ended up surprising everyone with his play and, and getting to the playoffs, for Christ's sake. So, obviously, I'm not in his head. We don't know why or when, but this is obvious reasons why I don't blame him. It's a lot more work, and you've been there for 15 years. And sometimes coaches – I commend him for this, Lawrence. He, coaches are so obsessed. You miss out – for 15 years, you miss out on a lot of your family's day-to-day lives and grandkids or what have you that he has. So whether he takes a year off, the Saints still own his rights for another three seasons, I believe. So for him to, I know there's been talk about a trade or him and uh, Mike McCarthy is like, ah, we don't know if that's going to happen or not, but uh, it's, it's fun to talk about, but uh, he he's done that city. He's done more than above and beyond for that city of, uh, New Orleans, even after Katrina and and giving them a Super Bowl in 2005 or six, nine, um, nine, nine. Yes. So, um, yeah, he's he's done. Yeah, I can't he's been get an, that a, Super Bowl out of my head ever. Yeah, he, he's been a great ambassador for the Saints in the NFL for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, I can't get the 2009 Super Bowl out of my head ever. I mean, that was <laughs> As as a Colts fan, you can't look at that and go, know. "Oh, that was a great Super Bowl." You know, <laughs> we got our asses handed to us so right. badly that Sean yeah. Payton was like, "You know, I ain't gonna kick it off. I'm just gonna start onside kicking it every time. Screw it. <laughs> We're gonna pour it on these boys." <laughs> right. Right. Was that was that the was that in Miami? Is that Super Bowl uh, in I Miami? Think so the Colts of uh, every Super Bowl they played in has been in Miami. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, I've heard Reggie talk about. Talk, yeah, he was from New Orleans, you know. So this was like his moment, and I, I just, I've heard him over the years talk about it, and it's, it, it's a, it's a sore topic. Let's say that. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't talk about it much, but. Uh, so, um. Earlier this week when I said, hey, you know what? I want Brian Baker terminated. I said there was another coach that I wanted out. out. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And I'm ready for it. I'm I'm ready to hear the news that Scott Milanovic is no longer with the Indianapolis Colts. I get it. (laughs) He was only here for a year. But his job was to develop Carson Wentz. And let's face it, that sure as hell didn't happen. Now. Hey, Matt Eberflus, you're now a head coach and you need an offensive coordinator. You got ties with Scott Milanovic. Just <laughs> take him. <laughs> he'll he'll be out. Flus will be out the door before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're you're right. You're absolutely right. I think that's up. That's one move that's probably going to be made because obviously you invest so much in your quarterback and at 
flashes throughout the season, you he's shown he can make the throws. He he wows you for a moment, and then he wows you. It's like, what in the hell just right. happened? <laughs> so, yeah, Scott Milanovic, I, I think he uh, the writing is on the wall here. There, there's going to be more moves made, especially, again, with all the coaches that are available now. Everyone's yeah. playing the, you know, interviewing at different places and waiting on the head coach to get the gig so they can bring their boys in. And so this is definitely I don't I don't see the Colts not making a move this offseason, if not in the recent future here on the offensive side of the ball. It has to happen because you're not getting rid of Frank Wright. Yeah, yeah. The next month. The next month in the NFL will be the best musical chairs that you could possibly oh, yeah. watch if oh, you're yeah. if you're interested in, in coaching maneuvers. You should um, go play the lottery. You should go play the lottery, man. You're batting a thousand right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh Tim M, thanks for joining in. Please don't forget to smash that like button like button. Appreciate you very much. He has a question. What do you think about your time with Pep Hamilton? And should we uh be talking to him? Who who is this guy again? I like this guy. (laughs) His name is Tim M. Tim M. That is Mm -hmm. a great question. And the last time I spoke to Pep Hamilton, the last two times I spoke to Pep Hamilton, I was at a Maryland game. And this was, this was maybe two years ago. The AFL, the AFL, this other league that they were creating, he was, the head coach and he wanted me to be the linebackers coach. And I looked at him and was like, I ain't doing that. No, I'm not doing that. But he was a guy who at the time, at the height of his career with Andrew Luck, he was considered to be a head coach in waiting. And obviously we know the story with Andrew and injuries and retirement and what have you. He completely just lost that momentum and things happen like that in the national football league. But for someone like Pep Hamilton, to not currently have a job in the National Football League as an OC, it's just a far-fetched reach. And I appreciate the reach because I really like Pep Hamilton as a as a person. Uh, I think he would, you know, if he given the opportunity to, to uh, make up that time again, I think he would do well, but he has to be given an opportunity. But I, I don't, you don't take a, that's a, that's a long reach. That's a long reach. Even for me, I'm trying to be – that's a long reach for the guy to come in and, and run this offense, knowing the struggles that we faced this past year at the quarterback position. Granted, he had, Carson Wentz had a great season by number standards, but we're talking about moments. And if you don't remember, Pep Hamilton with Andrew Luck threw the ball more than he ran it. He was a pass-first guy, so it wouldn't necessarily mirror up with – our talent pool and that bad man uh, in Jonathan Taylor. So, unfortunately, I don't think it's a, the 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 best move for your team at this point. During that period of time, um, with Pep Hamilton being here and, and Andrew, this was an offense where they gave Andrew Luck the go ahead to take every chance that he darn well wanted to, right yeah. down the field. And let's face it. Some of those questionable, I don't know if you want to take that that same outlook on the offense if Carson Wentz is going to be your quarterback and just be like, you know right. what, Carson, right. just go ahead and do whatever you want on the field, right? right. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a right. scary thought process. Yeah, that's a scary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> I like Pep as a, as a guy. You know, I really right. liked his personality and demeanor and stuff, but – I just don't know if pairing him with Carson Wentz would be a great, great situation. But I like where you where you're thinking of, of going back and 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 maybe you know pulling some guys that had success with the organization in prior years. Right. So I misspoke. It was the XFL, not the AFL. I'm talking. Okay. Not the. It was the XFL. He yeah. was uh, coaching for the DC uh, Defenders here, and apparently he's the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the Texans. So that doesn't really speak to me as a guy that is sought after right now. He's slowly creeping back into uh, the flow of things, but I appreciate the effort. That's a true Colts fan. I like that. A true yeah. Colts fan. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have a lot of those in here uh, mm-hmm. and I, I, I love the guys that listen to our show. 
uh, mm -hmm. whether, you know, they're listening to the audio podcast right now. Thank each and every one of you for doing so. And those of you that are watching on YouTube and in the live chat, taking time out to sit here and hang with us. I really appreciate it. But I think that's we're going to end up closing up here pretty soon. Um, we're already 45 minutes into this. And wow, we've, we've talked quite a bit. Um, is there anything else that you want to kind of yeah, yeah. discuss a little bit? So is what about, so I want to bring up a guy because it's a little personal for me because when I was working for NBC Sports Washington, there was a guy by the name of, and I was covering the Washington football team. There was a guy by the name of Kevin O'Connell. And Kevin O'Connell right now is currently the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Chargers. Basically, We've seen what Justin Herbert is. We think everyone would agree he's a stud. He's the AFC is loaded with very young quarterback play and talent. And it's going to be very interesting to see this play out in years to come. I'm waiting for it. We obviously there. He's a guy that, and I'm a little sensitive about this because it's personal. Because for years I had no. I have to personally apologize. I know he's not listening would have to personally apologize to him because I gave him no credit while he was the uh, um, on the staff of the Washington football team. I'm like, who is this guy? Everyone's talking about him potentially being the next head coach. What has he done? The offense is abysmal. Clearly, I was wrong. Clearly, I was wrong because of what he's been able to, the success he's had with Justin uh, Herbert. So, I just had to get that off my chest since I'm looking at a list of so many different names that are that are highly talented, like Byron Leftwich for the, oh, yeah. uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm sure everyone's waiting to see what Tom Brady is going to do, if he's going to retire or not. And I think that's going to stifle things a bit. I'm just looking at some of the coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy is another guy. Obviously, he's playing this weekend. Um seems to has lost traction with him becoming a head coach. Um, yeah, but, he was a uh, much bigger name last year yeah. than he has been this year. I don't, I don't know any other guy right now. I know we could say, well, Andy Reid calls the the uh, the uh, the offense, but uh, calls the plays, and he has a role in that offensive game planning. But, heck, he's been a four straight – four straight AFC championship games in the last two Super Bowls. So I think at some point, you know, I just, I feel like he, he has to get a break at some point, you know, but I, I don't think I haven't heard a lot of his name this year, as opposed to the last year and the year before. So uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot, there's so many different storylines here. So, um, and I also want to give a, this is the first time I've played with a guy that his, is a coordinator that could potentially maybe in the next few years could potentially become a head coach. And I'm going to throw this name out. He may not get the love now, but he will in the future. D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans, defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Mm -hmm. Again, I took, I feel like John Lynch has a way of reading people, football mm -hmm. people who either played, who know the game, and I think he's going to be a guy that we hear about in the near future that he's going to he's going to become. And he's young. He's he's 38, 39. We were when I was drafted in 2006, I was the 34th pick of the draft. D'Amico Ryans was the 33rd pick of the draft. So we've had a lot of we've known each other for years. So special shout out to him. But he's a name that I wanted to drop in the bucket of. We're going to hear a lot of um, definitely depending on how the 49ers prayer towards um uh towards the rams and uh how you know and the near future so i just wanted to drop that little that little nugget that's awesome that's awesome i i do want to say one thing before we end up leaving is frank your legacy not just as a head coach but frank right you could have a coaching tree start to form here Last two mm -hmm. seasons, you have let your offensive coordinator became a head coach. Now your defensive coordinator has became a head coach. Right. Your offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni. A lot of people was like ah, earlier in the season, but as the season <laughs> went on, 
he really changed a lot of people's minds, especially the Philadelphia Eagles fans, right? Of, right. of how they viewed Nick Sirianni. And now there's there's a lot of hope uh, in that in that organization right now because of Sirianni being there. I'm curious to see what happens with Matt Eberflus coming forward. We talk about coaching trees all the time, Frank. Uh, looks like mm-hmm. you have an opportunity here to submit a legacy in that aspect of the NFL as well. Right, right. And it comes with winning winning games. You have the championship roster. You know, this year, this 2022 season, there's going to be a lot of pressure in that building, which it always is. But mm-hmm. there's going to be even – there's going to be immense pressure coming from that building. And Carson Wentz and this offense and this defense and getting the right guys in the right place and making the right moves in the draft and the free agency to beef up this already um, pretty, pretty solid championship roster, in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to do it for us on this edition. Uh, Please smash that like button. Hit subscribe if you're not subscribed. Tag that notification bell so that you are notified next time we go live or upload a video. And if you're listening to wherever you listen to podcasts, Please make sure you download this and share it with uh, all your friends and family because, you know, word of mouth and social media, that is the best way to get us out there and get us a little bit more exposure. We appreciate you so much. So on behalf of myself and Dequel Jackson, this has been Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. And as usual, until next time, go Colts. Colts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.